Well, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we're going to wrap up this series of Rooted In and Built Up by God. I pray that it's been used uh, in a way that can encourage you to truly allow your roots to go deep in Christ and that he would produce a lot of fruit in our lives uh, for his kingdom. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 together. I read a story uh, told about Dr. William Evans. He was a pastor of College Church from 1906 to 1909. Uh, Dr. Evans had memorized the entire King James Bible and the New Testament in the New in the American Standard Version. One stun, one Sunday, he stood up to preach on the virgin birth, and as he began to speak, he lifted up his Bible and he tore out the pages of the virgin birth. As the pages fell down towards his congregation, he shouted, If we can't believe in the virgin birth, let's tear it out. He then turned to the pages, speaking of Jesus' resurrection, and did the same thing. Then the miracles of Jesus and anything that dealt with the supernatural. Finally, Dr. Evans looked up at his congregation and said, All we have left is the Sermon on the Mount. And that has no authority for me if Jesus is not who he says he is, or he didn't do what he said he was going to do. Now, rest assured, I'm not sitting here ripping out the pages of my Bible this morning. But Dr. Evans makes a very important point. His culture at the time, and even the culture... Uh, today is doing the exact same thing. If we can't believe part of it, then none of it really matters. But if this is the Word of God, if it's the accurate uh, reflection of the Word of God in all parts, including the parts that we struggle with, then it all matters. Today we want to look at why the Bible matters and how we must respond to what it says. The one big thing is this, that the Bible is God's path to save us, grow us, and to make us spiritually mature. As we look here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 15, it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we just pray that as we study it, we would be drawn closer to you, that those who are have never trusted you, that today would be that day of salvation, and those who have placed their faith in you, Lord, that we would grow in our knowledge of who you are, and that we would see the grace that you are extending us, and that, Lord, we would live for your glory in the building up of your kingdom. We pray that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, the one big thing is that the Bible is God's path to save us, grow us, and make us spiritually mature. In our text this morning, we see a few things that the Bible is sufficient for. The first one is that it's sufficient for salvation. 
This is the most important aspect of the Bible. Paul states in verse 15 that the Bible is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul makes it abundantly clear here that it is the Bible that tells us how to be saved. And it teaches us that it's only by God's grace through faith that a person can be saved. Now, when Paul talks about the Holy Scriptures in verse 15, or all Scripture in verse 16, he's talking about the Old Testament at the time, and certainly the New Testament as included today. Now, that might actually surprise some of you, but when Jesus used the Scriptures to lead people to an understanding of who he was, Jesus used the Old Testament. That's because all of Scripture points us to Him. You know, in verse 16, Paul says that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Literally translated, it's the breath of God. It's the breath of God that gives us life. We see that first in creation. In Genesis 2, Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. But it wasn't until God breathed into Adam that Adam became a living being. Then we see it again uh, with the nation of Israel prophetically. The bones in Ezekiel's vision in Ezekiel 37 did a lot of shaking, rattling, and rolling. But it wasn't until the breath of God entered them that they became alive. See, the Bible is alive because it's the breath of God. It's able to make people who are spiritually dead come to life. We may hear the word, but until God breathes it into us, we are still dead in our sins. And only God can make us alive. And we need to know that he uses his word to do that. Another thing that we see the Bible being sufficient for in our text is for right belief. You know, Paul says that it's profitable, it's, it's good for doctrine. Now doctrine is what we believe. The Bible teaches what's truth. This is why so many people in today's culture are are struggling. They're trying to define truth for themselves, but only God can define truth because he is truth. Paul tells Timothy to learn what he has been assured of. Now, this means what Timothy is convinced of. You know, Timothy had great teachers in his life. He had a grandmother and he had a mother. And now he had the Apostle Paul. What about you? Who, who are your spiritual teachers? Who are the people who have poured into you and helped you come to faith and grow in that faith in Christ? See, this is why Paul tells Timothy to make sure that he is sharing this with faithful men and men who are going to be able to share with others also. Because the Bible is important for you and I to pass on. As we've said throughout this series, the gospel came to us on its way to someone else. Now, Second Timothy is Paul's last letter. He knew he was going to die soon. You know, I think a lot of preachers and churches can learn a lot from this last letter. Church today is often described with words such as innovative or relevant. 
What Paul told Timothy that he needed to give himself to was a study of God's word and its eternal truths. You know, if we're going to grow spiritually as Christians, if we're going to grow as a church, then we have to be focused on the study of Scripture. We have to be focused on obedience to what we're reading. We don't want to just read it to say that we read it. I don't want to just preach the Bible to say I preach the Bible. I want to make sure that we are understanding what we're reading so that we can all go out and obey it for the glory of God and the building up of his kingdom. The Bible teaches us both right beliefs as well as right actions. If you and I are going to be transformed, we have to allow the Spirit to teach the truth, but then we must also allow the Spirit to work that truth into our lives. You see, in that list in verse 16, Paul lists doctrine first because right belief always precedes right living. But it doesn't stop there. See, the Bible is also sufficient for right living. Many people claim to believe that the Bible is true and that it's God's word. But the problem is that all too often we live contrary to what the Bible teaches. Proof that we believe that the Bible is God's word is that we obey what it teaches. We can't just have right beliefs. Our right beliefs must inform and lead us to right actions. In fact, for the last 10, 11 weeks counting today, we have been talking about what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Discipleship is the process of being transformed by God and conform to the image of Christ through obedience to the Word of God. Notice what Paul says in verse 16 after he mentions doctrine. He says the Bible is good for reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. That is, the Bible tells us what sin is, how God desires to correct it, and how to live a life that pleases God. Therefore, there can be no right living apart from right beliefs that goes back to doctrine when paul says that the bible will equip us he is saying that god's method of growing us spiritually is using his word in first timothy 6 11 paul tells timothy in the church at ephesus to flee evil and to follow what is good well i think that naturally begs the question how can we know what evil is how can we know what to flee if we don't know what it is the bible informs us not only to what evil is but it also informs us of what is good according to god and so studying the bible will help equip us to walk in the good works that god has created us to do see god saved you for a purpose And so if I want to be able to do that, how can I do it? Well, it has to start with being in the Bible daily. You know, a recent study was done and the results were released. And the study found that although we have more access to the Bible today than any other time in history, self-professing Christians are spending less time reading the Bible now. The top five excuses for not reading the Bible were this. I'm too busy. 
It doesn't seem to apply to my life today. I don't know what it means. I don't know how to study it. And number five is, well, it's the pastor's job to tell me what it says and what it means. I want to be compassionate with you right now, but I also want to be really straightforward. There are a couple of those reasons that I get, but you know, not knowing how to study the Bible, learning how to understand what it is saying and how it applies, those are valid issues. I think the church needs to do a better job of helping Christians learn how to read and study scriptures to know it. But there are a couple of those that, for a lack of better description, are nothing more than an excuse for personal laziness. You know, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of the pastor or your teacher lives inside of you. What that means is that you can learn how to study the Bible, interpret it, and apply it with some hard work and a lot of prayer. You know, if you're going to grow in your faith and read the Bible more, it's going to require you to build some margin into your life. Something I have to remind myself of quite often, and and when I fail to, a lot of times Diane is really good at helping me to remember it is this. For everything that you say yes to in life, you're saying no to something else. So maybe part of your prayer time could be asking God, am I saying yes to some things that I need to be saying no to? How can I build margin into my life? You know, things like staying up a little later during the night so that you struggle to get up in the in the morning. Maybe watching that extra episode of your favorite show on Netflix or, or Hulu. Scrolling for five minutes uh, more on social media. Or, you know, whatever it happens to be. The truth is, we find time to do the things that we want to do. So we need to be honest with ourselves. Am I prioritizing my time with God? It's not that we don't have time. It's honestly that we're not making good use of the time we have. But the good news is that God can help realign our priorities as we seek Him in prayer. You know, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness as described in Matthew 4 underscores the importance of being in the Word. Jesus came at Jesus multiple times. We have a record of three different temptations. Well, how did Jesus overcome Satan and resist the temptations? Each time Jesus quoted Scripture. If you and I are going to avoid sin and not be giving in to the temptation then we're going to have to prioritize our time in the Word. The amazing thing about Bible study is this. You can study it every day, years on end, and you're still not going to understand everything that's contained in the Bible. And as we come to the Bible with prayerful eyes and we're asking God to reveal Himself, you know the greatest thing is? He will. So let me ask you something. What are your priorities in life? What are you trying to accomplish? What, what's the goal? 
you know, only the scriptures can make a person wise for salvation. Because the Bible reveals that we're all sinners who come short of the glory of God. Yet in his love, when God would have been well within his right to just abandon us, instead he sent his son to die for us. Next Sunday, we get to celebrate Easter Sunday. Now, it's going to be different because we're we're not going to be able to gather together. But that doesn't mean that Easter's canceled. See, Jesus is alive. That's what Easter is all about. That Jesus rose from the dead, and because he rose from the dead, it changes everything. It means that there's life after death. It means that there is an eternity awaiting each of us. It means that there's only one way that we can ever be made right with God, and that's through faith in Christ alone. But the gospel isn't just about saving sinners. Though if you've never trusted Christ, I I pray that you will surrender to Jesus today and that you will be saved. You know, if you have questions about it, I hope you'll ask us. I hope you'll reach out to me because I'd love to be able to share the gospel and how you can begin this relationship with Jesus. But the gospel is also for the saved. The Bible gives us our marching orders, church. We're called to make disciples. Not called to big build bigger buildings or have big budgets or you know, create these mega ministries. We're called to make disciples through evangelism and through teaching. And so how are you investing your life? How are you spending your time? Are you allowing time to grow closer to Jesus? Are you allowing God to grow you in your faith and in your obedience so that you can make disciples? Or are there some things that God wants to talk to you about? The good news is you can get alone with God and you can ask Him about your priorities and your stewardship of time. Ask Him about any changes that He wants to make. I'm not saying that the changes that God may ask of you are going to be easy. They require sacrifice on our part. But I will say this, they're always worth it. So how can you be rooted in Christ, built up by God, and produce fruit for the kingdom of God today? What changes do you need to make to prioritize your time in the Word? However I can help you, please reach out. Pastor Justin at westlakebaptist.org or you can reach us uh, there on Facebook. Uh, YouTube, um, plenty of ways. So as we close our time together, let's pray that we would respond to the truth of God's word together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity just to study your word. And God, I'm praying for each person who's going to listen to this podcast that if they don't have a relationship with you, Lord, they would see that they are sinners who are in need of being saved. But Father, I also pray for those who have been saved that we will prioritize prayer and Bible study. That we will live every day in complete dependence on you. That we will glorify you in everything that we do. 
Lord God, whatever changes you're asking us to make, I pray that we would do it in humility, understanding that your ways are right. So, Father, be with us as we go throughout the rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen.